Welcome, everybody, to another episode of From the Music Store Radio Show. As always, and never changing, as static as life can be, as eternal as the universe, I am Jason. And I'm Jeremy. A man so full of detail and expository. Is that the word? Expository? Yeah. Expository. <laughs> Sounds like a medical <laughs> procedure. Expository remarks, Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy, welcome back. You, uh, you, it was a first. You missed, your sh- you missed the show last week because you were off gallivanting around with your guitar somewhere around Virginia parts, I think. Yep. What were you doing? I was playing the thing. <laughs> Again. <laughs> I mean, I re- I could just, the description is so vivid. I can see myself there in the audience. It was the first time I had to put on a suit in a long time to play. Aren't they awful? <laughs> well, I haven't, I haven't worn one in a while to play. Yep. Like the whole summer, I've just been, you know, just wear your regular clothes, doing all the cover band stuff that I do here in Jersey. And then I had to put the suit back on. And then you have a button-down shirt with the jacket. And then you got the guitar on you. You're very, just very constricted. Yeah. It put me out of sorts for a moment. Hmm. But nonetheless, it was great. Dance party, always fun. Oh, um, but speaking of suits, actually, I watched a wonderful two or three part documentary on Wayne Shorter. Great history of like Wayne Shorter's life and the development of jazz and where he sat in that. There's a whole section on there that was talking about in the 50s where the jazz musicians were like, took great pride in how they looked. Oh, yeah. And that it was this, you know, like Miles Davis had, like, he had his guy that made suits for everybody, and everybody looked sharp, and they took great, you know, great pride in the in the way they dressed. And then I guess the 60s pretty much probably blew that away. Yeah, everyone started wearing, like, a, what was it? Well, today, I, you call, I call them kangles now, the, the that style of hat, you know? And they wear it backwards. Oh, the, like, like, not a, the... Like a... Like a the like little a, one, it's like a little hat. It's not, well, there's the little hat. What's the little hat? That's the... I don't know. I call I, it a fez? Yeah. No, no. That's what the Shriners wear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, got, that's got a tassel on it. <laughs> uh, like the like a, a modern-day Kangol hat. Like, I guess a golfer's hat, but they wear it backwards. Oh, yeah. That's, you know? Yeah, a very Scottish. Yeah. Yeah. Miles, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Miles started doing that, actually, later on in his career. All the videos I've seen of him playing with Robin Ford in the 80s. As he has yes. one of those kinds of hats yes. on. Uh, you know who else did that? Uh, I think um, Fedora. That's the hat I was talking about. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, Jaco Pastoris did that, I think. He did, and he made a funny comment. So there's a great documentary with Jaco, and he's talking about he's talking about Chuck Mangione. Impossible no player. Chuck Manicotti, I don't, I don't dig him at all. I don't, you know. Hey, listen, man, he's a very nice cat. He does way too much coke. He eats too much pasta, and he wears a hat. <laughs> Like you wore, you wore a you hat. Wore a hat. Yeah, goo, he like played in his pajamas. Yeah, like, like an years. oversized sweater. I know. Oh, here's a trivia question for our listeners. What instrument did Chuck Mangione, Mangione play? Well, no one's going to call in. I, oh, yeah. The phone, the, right? <laughs> if, you, if you listen, the phones aren't ringing. <laughs> okay, Jeremy, why don't you tell the folks if you know what instrument he played? Yeah, did he play the cornet or the buglehorn? Nope. Uh, I mean, I thought, it was a tr- I thought it was a trumpeter. Nope. Okay, what was it? The flugelhorn. The flugelhorn. Yes. Okay. Yeah, there are a few jazz guys that are like really known uh, for certain being like the jazz guy that played like uh, Jean Ponty is like the violin guy, right? Uh, Chuck Mangione is the flugelhorn guy, and then Dizzy's the bent horn guy. The okay. pro- the pronies diseased trump- trumpet. Jeez. <laughs> Have you have you seen the bent carrot commercial? Yeah, like on YouTube. <laughs> no, this has nothing to do with music, but on on YouTube, but it's popped <laughs> yeah, okay. up. 
I, I don't know, maybe because I listen to a lot of boomer music or something like that. Oh, they think you've got Peronis. Yeah, and they're just like, look at this. I'm like, what the <laughs> They're heck? trying to sell you reverse mortgages and Peronis. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what else we got? So last, well, I, you know, I'll go through what I did last night. So I was watching, I was like watching a Jerry Garcia interview, and then somehow my YouTube flipped over to this reaction of this gentleman on YouTube to his first time hearing the Grateful Dead. Now, these have been getting big. Th- so I that's what I want to talk about. These are a thing. And I'm like, yeah. so I was doing my uh, morning office research. Like, wh- like, when did this become a thing? And why is this? A- why do I want to watch you listening to this song for the first time? Now, this is a guy who has a YouTube channel. It's called Polo Reacts. He's an African-American gentleman. And uh, he's hearing Franklin's Tower by the Grateful Dead at the first for the first time. How old is he? How old do you think he is? He's maybe thirty on a good day, give or take a couple okay. of years. I, I'm really bad at judging age. Okay, I, I was just curious. Yeah, but uh, you know he's got a slick studio. Now here's the thing: he's got two hundred thousand subscribers, and he this video was launched a month ago, and he had one hundred and forty-three thousand views. Now he goes on to say, uh, maybe I'll play at the beginning here. Now I was paid to listen; I wasn't paid to like. Okay. And while I've heard of the Grateful Dead, I don't know any of their music. So spoiler: <clears throat> he listens to it, he likes it, he stops maybe four times and just talks about. Oh wow, that's that's got a great groove, and that's I didn't expect that. Which is great. Franklin Tower is an awesome song. I mean, it's probably one of the epitomizes the Grateful Dead experience. But then I'm thinking to myself, okay, he's got a Patreon page, so somebody actually paid him, like said, "Hey, dude, here's I don't twenty bucks, hundred bucks. I want you to make a video of listening to the Grateful Dead for the first time, and see how you react." So I'm like, all right, that's kind of kind of weird. Now this started. A little while ago, I, I actually uh, looked up an article in the New York Times about this that we can talk about. But before we get into the, the historical details of it, I watched the video of the guy. But I could—I I was not watching him or anything just because, like, it came on. I was like, anytime Franklin's Tower comes on, I listen to it. But this thing of watching people listen to music for the first time. Now, they, there's an article in the New York Times that states that this is sort of a modern-day incarnation of something that goes back into the 90s, which was Mystery Science Theater. <laughs> basically like the shadow of two robots in a movie theater that were watching a bad movie and they're cracking jokes the whole time. But this, these old videos are like, uh, and the huge one, the one that really got everybody by the, the, the you know what's, is the, uh, the drum fill from In the Air Tonight, Phil Collins song. <laughs> of all no, no, things. There are videos of people like listening to that song and then losing their mind as soon as the Phil comes in. Sure. Which is great. It's epic Phil. It's like three minutes into the song. But I'm like, yeah, it's a great Phil and Ozzy Osbourne's called it the greatest drum fill in history and everybody likes it. But it's like, I'm getting older. I have precious moments in my life. I'm like, actually, using what's left of my life to watch somebody react to a drum fill. Why? What is that? I don't know why anybody would watch a reaction video in the first place. I've seen him come across my, my, uh, my, my YouTube feed, like classical singer or classically trained uh, vocal coach reacts to Lane Staley from Alice in Chains. And I'm watching like a live performance of him. She pauses it a bunch of times. I didn't watch it, mm-hmm. but 
I know how they go. They always pause it, they talk about it, they move on. They make cringy faces or they make like the stank face like, ooh, wow, oh, I can't believe they're pulling that off. Yeah. It's like, lady, where have you been? Lane Staley died a long time ago and not only that, Alice in Chains has been around for a while. But that's the same thing. And that song's been in probably 30 movies, oh right? Oh my gosh. Another one was uh, uh, people who have never heard Stevie Ray Vaughan. People who are too young to probably have heard about him. Uh, so they react to Stevie Ray Vaughan playing like Texas Flutters. Why don't? Why am I interested in your reaction? Well, so, he, so it's not, to me, I don't believe it's actually genuine. Sometimes. Well, then you might enjoy the, the this article from the New York Times. It came out on August twenty seventh, twenty twenty. Okay. And it's entitled "The Racial Anxiety Lurking Behind Reaction Videos." Uh, okay. Yeah, they sort of talk about the drum film, and then there's these two guys, Ted and Fred Williams, who have a YouTube channel of doing these reaction videos, and one of them is, you know, from doing the In the Air Tonight, right? I could be making this up, so we have to fact, fact check this, but I believe Phil Collins improvised that whole thing in the studio, lyrics too. Lyrics. I think he had the music, and he went in, and he just improvised the lyrics. I think he had, like, a rough idea. I'm pretty sure that's how the story goes. Their reaction video, this is going to blow your freaking mind, Got has up to 10 million views. That's insane. So let me just do some quick math here. 10 million, that's a million, that's 10 million, divided by 1,000 times 20. They've made almost a quarter of a million dollars in advertising revenue, like, in terms of what that view is worth for making that video. So they're trying to monetize the experience yeah. of listening to music. They not trying, they did. They did. Well, they are. So let's see here. Let's see if we can actually get the. Reaction? They, these guys got a New York. Oh, okay. All right. You know what? New York Times, you can kiss my butt because they made it sound like that they were like, yeah, that was cool. And he screams out, that was cold. They're just like, they're just jamming. A couple guys jamming. Ah, get out of here with that New York Times. You have something to say? I don't want to keep going because I'm going to go through I mean, it's just like this song's been around for a while. I, I, I mean, I, it's. I mean, I know Rick Astley's got some. He's been rejuvenated by like commercials that change the lyrics to "Never Gonna Give You Up," "Never Gonna Break Your Heart," and "Leave You and Desert You." Everyone's getting Rick rolled with these different commercials. I know Rick rolling became a thing, but well, they one of the saying, things they say is is quote from the article: "To watch videos like the Williams Brothers is to experience a vicarious thrill of discovery, to scrub your mind's ears clean, and rehear a familiar song as if for the first time." So you're like kind of getting to relive that first. Now I, I understand what they're talking yeah, about you, because. It's, but have it's, you ever had that experience with a song where you're like, "Oh my god, I heard the song for the first time and I just lose my." No, I get excited whether it's a movie or whether it's music or a television show. Oddly enough, I think I think John Mayer talked about this at a, yeah. at a concert, but he says, "You know, you're at that part in your relationship where you you're showing her your best movies. You know, you you come over, it's like, okay, we're gonna watch we're gonna watch this." I understand wanting to be, but that's a thing that you want to be to kind of like showing someone you care about. I mean, like your kids, right? You yeah. know? Yeah. 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 And I mean, that's one good positive way to look at it. This, this article gets a little dark and starts getting a little bit more having alternate views on that. Um, okay. For Gen Xers, staring down middle-aged obsolescence, that's you, staring down middle-aged obsolescence, the Williams Twins video provides a satisfying twofer. 
a chance to cluck their tongues at clueless youths while confirming the supremacy of their own touchstones. So that what they're saying is like, you're getting old and you're, you're not cool anymore. I'm yeah. so not cool. I just got housed by the t- two of the teenagers at workforce yesterday. So I guess this is, a, they're saying like, we can be like, ha, see, our music is better than yours, you little snotty kids, because now you really like it. Ha ha. And you're on the video, you're doing two quarter million dollars in video ads and I'm doing nothing with my life. You feel that way at all? You feel abs. Are you staring well, down the gaping throat of obsolescence? I don't feel obsolete. <laughs> I don't either. As long as I have dependents, I don't feel obsolete. Oh, dependents. <laughs> Not dependencies. Right. I don't have dependencies. I have dependents. If I had a dependency and a dependent, man, I'd be in trouble. What if you had a dependency on your dependents? Well, that you do have. Well, not me personally, but my dependents have a dependency. This is true. They're very dependent on you. Yeah, they need to clean up their act. They do. Stupid, stupid babies. (laughs) Babies. Only cry. Get a job. Okay, so then they go through a little bit about that, about like how you know people feel about watching kids and other people. But then there's a little bit of a darker twist again that comes in where you know a lot of these people that are doing these reaction videos, at least the first ones, are, are black. And it goes on to say, race is a crucial component of music reaction videos. There are many black YouTubers who specialize in responding to white musicians, and the twins' most popular clips feature white performers. These videos turn on the supposedly shocking spectacle of a hip black person deeming a song by by a white artist soulful or funky, or as the Williamses put it, cold. They suggest that black and white people inhabit Waldorf cultural spheres, a dodgy proposition in the first place, and then perform a symbolic reapproachment in which the sick beat drop holds the power to bridge a racial divide. In the Air Tonight video offers a comforting scene, a couple of young black men pouring out blessings on an old white dude. I ain't gonna lie, Phil, you got me, Tim says, and later, this is a straight banger. For a lot of fretful white people, not just Phil Collins fans, these words might be music to the ears. I mean, are they trying to say that, like, there's a thing, like, where white people derive satisfaction from black people discovering white music? Because that's kind of how I read it. I I took it as, well, well, they're pointing out that the fact that, I guess, a lot of these reaction videos were started, well, in the article, says, by young black YouTubers, and then here they are looking up white music, so are they trying to affirm... White music, that's what I meant to say. But, like, they're trying to affirm a white artist amongst other white people and or black people that might be listening to their channel. Well, I don't know. But here's this the same guy that did the Grateful Dead one. Here uh, he's, he has a reaction video of listening to Van Morrison. He's got another one for another Grateful Dead song. Uh, can't music just be music? My goodness. Uh, Rolling Stone. No, who wrote that? Uh, in fact, Times? apparently he listens to a lot of Grateful Dead, which is kind of funny. One, listening to Diana Krall, a white woman. Two black people listening to Bill Burr, who's a white comedian. Uh, same guy doing a reaction to Roundabout. Yes, white band. Uh, Led Zeppelin, a white band. I, and I'm not saying this is a thing. Elton John. I mean, they could get me, right? Like, I'm sure there could be like a Rihanna song that I have never heard. And somebody could play it for me, and I could do, like, maybe we should do, like, the two middle-aged white guys reacting to a bunch of tunes that we don't listen to. I mean, we don't, I mean, there's not enough time in the day. That I'd sounds, like to. That sounds like exactly what it is. I don't think, it doesn't matter whether you're black or white. I don't know, maybe the New York Times is trying to stir up something that, or create something that just isn't there. Just isn't there. I don't know. I mean, to me, it's just, there are songs I haven't heard. There are songs I might not listen to. 
by a particular artist. It has nothing to do with their color. It has everything to do with the fact that I don't like that kind of music. You could, I'm not a big hardcore fan. You could have an all-black hardcore band or an all-white hardcore band, and oh. someone could make a reaction video to it, and I'd be like, pointing so out they why did. it's They why did it's, make a reaction video Why to it's that. good or why it's bad. I'm still going to go, I don't care. I don't like hardcore. There was a reaction to a, a, a black hardcore band making a reaction video. It was called Cop Killer, and it was with Ice-T punk band in the 90s. It was Body Count was the band. Yes, I know that. And now it's a hardcore band. And, like, it got... Oh, we got to edit that. That's pretty aggressive, huh? But anyway, yeah. Like that's a, there was a reaction video of that. You might have been like too young. I'm like, God, am I dating oh, I've myself? Oh, I've, I've heard that before. The funny thing is, is that Ice-T now plays a, a cop on like Special Victims Unit or something like that, like Law and Order. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, like all those guys like went from rap to like acting in commercials and, you know, Snoop selling Coronas and yeah. that's where all the money is. Yeah. I mean... I love speak, speak of Snoop. I love Snoop and Willie's "Roll Me Up and Smoke Me When I Die" song. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, that that's funny. great. Well, the reaction videos. I don't think I get them. I've never known them to be uh, race-specific in terms of the people making them. I just know that I've seen lots of them. Maybe because I didn't catch them when they first came out, and now I'm only seeing them now that they're popular. You know, and I don't, I don't, I don't, I never get yeah. them. Like I've seen I classical was, guitar player reacts right. to like country guitar player, classical yes, singer reacts enough, yeah. to uh, metal singer, and and all these different things. Well, and and just to be clear, I, when I was doing the research and got me to that New York Times, I was just trying to figure out. Who started it? Why? And what, why do people like them? Because I personally don't really enjoy watching them. So I'm like, how is this a thing? I'm trying, but this article comes up and it seems to suggest there's all kinds of other lying uh, emotional and social issues driving that. Here's what I think went down. Those first guys, they made the video and somebody went, now this is, gonna, this is a quote Seinfeld. Why would somebody watch that? Because it's on YouTube. Yeah, it's the same deal. It's like it's there. It's a new thing. It's kind of like when Christopher Guest, you know, that he's accredited with creating the last newest movie genre, which was Mockumentary. mockumentaries. No, right. If I told them once, I told them a hundred times. But Spinal Tap first, and Puppet Show last. It's a morale builder, isn't it? Which they haven't, that's like the newest genre to have ever come out. I don't think there has been a new one since. It's reaction videos are just this new thing. Wait, hold well, on. So there was mockumentary and then there was um, do- scary, supposed to be documentary, but not mocking, like Blair Witch Project. I think oh, Blair, found footage. Found footage film. Now found that, footage that film. came afterwards. I- I'll say this reaction videos, I think, took on a new form once I saw this because it was freaking adorable and it was great they had a bunch of kids and they put headphones on kids one at a time in front of a camera and they played them like led zeppelin oh or they played them like ozzy osbourne how old are these kids not we're uh anywhere up to like maybe third grade it's really great so kids listen to led zeppelin kids listen to black sabbath those are great because they're funny and kids are so honest (laughs) kids react to led zeppelin yeah it's awesome yeah that's the thing <laughs> All right. I like this kid. Well, today 
we are going to have you listen to a selection of songs from a band that many people consider to be one of the greatest bands of all time. This is... Really? Oh, okay. Well, we'll put that to the test. We'll put so this is going to be Led Zeppelin. Yeah! I, like I love this band! My dad plays it in his car all the time! Thank you so much! <laughs> I already like it. There right. you yes! go! What more do you need? I love this song! Four bars of guitar is all you need. I like this guitar. I, this is actually better than the um, other bands. <laughs> yeah, right. That's about that can sums it up. Better than other bands. Those are fun. That, I like that. Yeah, those are great. You know what's? Uh, you know what we should do? We should that? get your kids in here and play them like, like Procol Harum's like Wider Shade of Pale or something like that, and see how they react to that. Oh, I try to do that at home. I get reactions from all the time. Like my youngest is like walks over, turns it off, and then puts her god awful <laughs> she who won't be name won't be spoken on. Well, we can get we. Can, you know what? Isla will do it. My daughter will do it. Okay, she'll do it because she she's really open minded. She loves all sorts of stuff. You know, but so I, my, my other daughter's name was Ophelia. She's, uh, she's too young for this. She's too young. She's a baby. <laughs> but when Isla was like, well, why are we naming her Ophelia? I said, well, because daddy really likes this band called The Band. Yeah. And they have this song called Ophelia. And so Isla listened to it. And leading up to Ophelia's birth, she learned every single word. Mm. And she became obsessed with the version from uh, The Last Waltz. That was her favorite version. Boom. It's got a, I mean. Now, how do you not like this? You can dance to it. I mean, this is, this is purely American music to oh, me. Yeah. And I'll leave on. I mean, oh, he's singing and playing the drums to this, by the way, anybody who's listening to this. Singing and playing the drums. Yeah, that's a great song. That's a great song. Getting back to the Led Zeppelin thing with the kids listening, it was like literally one measure into that lick, and the kids like, "I like this already," and it's that crazy like you can like you can take two notes or and they even have a t- they even have a TV show about this. It's literally a game show. It's on TV right now where you could play that one measure or even those three notes of that lick, and people automatically like, "Oh yeah, I know that song." Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it's not like we have. Millions of notes in our musical language. We have 12 notes, but you can take three of those and instantly identify a particular song. That yeah. blows my mind. Yeah, kid, so, all right, so there are kid reaction videos. There's culturally divided reaction videos. Let's, we'll just call them that. <laughs> Apparently. There are age, age-related venues. Like, let's see, what else can we come up with? Uh, hamster listening to Ozzy first time. I love the <laughs> internet. Let's see what comes up. <laughs> hamster... First time hearing Ozzy Osbourne, uh, and then somebody gets their hamster bites them. Okay, so apparently hamster reaction videos aren't a thing. Uh, <laughs> well, it's a market yet to be tapped. You know what? That could be our thing. Dog. I bet people are crazy with. I bet you dogs. Let's see. Dogs love music, man. As long as it, I mean, my dogs. If I play guitar on my couch, my dog, both of them, pass right out and lay as close as they can next to me. They love it. Well, you know, uh, apparently uh, animal reaction videos aren't a thing, so maybe we should start that. I know they have videos with cats, like, smacking goldfish on a TV. <laughs> that goes back all the way back to America's home, funniest home video TV uh, show from ages ago. Putting a cucumber behind a, a cat. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't be t- put a cucumber where? Behind the cat. Uh, like, if they're drinking water. Why is it a cucumber? I, I, I don't know. It looks like a snake or some kind of... There's tons of them. You can find them. 
People does it have it, to be a cucumber? I, well, they use a cucumber. I don't know why. And they put it behind a cat, and the cat's just sitting there eating its food or drinking its water. And when it's done, it turns around and it sees a c- <laughs> cucumber and does that thing that a cat <laughs> does good. where they, they go vertical, spring up into the air. <laughs> I don't know why, but I tried it with my cat. He. I, he was like, yeah, it's a cucumber, bro. <laughs> it's a cucumber, He just dude. ruined a cucumber because it's on the floor now. And he walks away. He didn't care. Well, he, he lives with two big dogs, so he's a stone-cold, smooth yeah, it's, cat, it's right? That's very true. Yeah. yeah, he does. He's the toughest animal in the house, too. We occasionally talk about movies and other things in culture. Would it be a, a violation of the title of our show if we occasionally talked about things like art and music? and that Because movie, you, you're pretty big with the movie and TV yeah. things that come up. No, I don't think so. I think so it's great. Is that, that's fair game? Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, another news that isn't directly related to music, but is cultural, and I think is absolutely brilliant, is a story that is just coming out of the art world. This is a good one. I think, Jeremy, this is going to be up your alley. You're really going to enjoy this. A artist by the name of Jens Hanning received $84,000 to create, I think it was two pieces of work. Yeah, he was supposed to create two pieces of work for the Kunsten Museum of Modern Art in Aalborg, which I think is in, is it in Denmark. So he got the money and then delivered the artwork. Now, when they opened up the artwork, it was a blank white canvas that hadn't been painted on. And it was entitled, Take the Money and Run. Oh, jeez. <laughs> this, is, this is classic, what he said. Um, the artist Jens Hanning says the blank canvases make up a new work of art titled Take the Money and Run that he calls a commentary on poor wages. One thing he says it is not, it's not theft. It's a breach of contract, and breach of contract is part of the work, he said. The work is that I have taken their money. Now, obviously, the Museum of Modern Art is not too happy about it. <laughs> I think it's brilliant. I, I, I mean... Who is the Museum of Modern Art to say what and what is an art? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know that music has, the, the music industry has been, you know, full of stories where bands that have released either less than stellar works or live albums to try to satisfy contractual obligations sure. when they didn't want to really put the, the emotional work in the hands of a corporate entity that they maybe didn't fully agree with. I'm not saying this artist was like that, but... I think the world is kind of full of those fun, those fun little things. That's great. So, yeah, this guy's my hero. <laughs> and of course, he Madonna syndrome too, right? So, like, let's say he gets back the money, and so he's out the money, and or even if he had to like pay twice the money for damages, he's he made like twenty times of that in free publicity because now he's literally in the global art world news. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of like it's a win-win. He he didn't do crap. He, <laughs> he took the money. Then made fun, basically made a funny social commentary on it, and then got free advertising. We really do appreciate our fan mail. The, all the fan mail that we get and comments that we get through our uh, email form that's on fromthemusicstore.com that everybody uses to, to tell us stuff. Be one of those people. Be one of those people. Um, <laughs> this is Jason. This is Jeremy. We're from the Music Store. Thanks for listening. As always, Jeremy, since you were making me do all the heavy lifting last week while you were gallivanting around, uh, tell everybody where they can find out more about us. Oh, you can find us on, well, on uh, the radio. You can also find us anywhere where you can get your podcasts. Spotify. Spotify. Amazon. Amazon. Uh, Pandora. Pandora. And also from the musicstore.com. Where you can uh, contact us if you want. 
Okay, time to go. 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 Time to go.